No, you can go and sit down. You can sit down. I'll get you to stand a little bit. Okay, I just have to mention a, a couple of things just so everyone's aware and don't get distracted. Okay, we'll pray against your distraction in a moment because that's an issue we all face. Okay, so first of all, so I, I need to take you through a little bit of a timeline so you're really aware. Ladies, 7.30 this Friday night, honestly, last time Julia Grace was here, there was such a powerful anointing and ladies were set free. I'm just giving it a really good push because this is actually what happened. So if you can invite any, any lady you know along, it is so, so worth it, 7.30 this Friday. Okay, then um, over the next weekend, you've got to listen to this. We've got this guy who uh, I've heard so much about. I've never met him personally, but coming next weekend, we've got this guy, Shane Willard, coming. Now, my understanding is he knows how to break the Scriptures down so that we can understand it, but he takes the scriptures that are really, really relevant and, and brings it into our everyday life. Now, I had an email from some, a mother in our church who's got teenagers and basically said, are you getting Shane Willard? Is he really coming? Oh, I've been listening to his podcast, honestly, and I've got my kids listening to it, and it's changed the way they look at scripture. It's brought the word alive to them, and it's really brought a meaning to my teenager's Christian walk. Now, if he can do that to them, he can do it to all of us. Now, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, they're just hyping this guy up. No, this guy's different. It, it, he's, he comes from a different point of view and really brings out Scripture. And that's what we need to know. We need to know how to dive into the Scriptures and really understand it. So that's next weekend. So honestly, if you can... Move some things around so you can get here next Sunday morning. I just absolutely encourage you, don't miss it at all. Okay, so, so Women's, Shane Willard next Sunday. And then the following Friday, we've got Team Unlimited. Now, I just want to explain the pizzas, okay? We're going to have a ton of pizzas here, okay? But the pizzas are from 7 to 7.30. And do you know why? Because we've got this habit in Team Unlimited that you guys all turn up, but you kind of turn up at like 7.40, I don't, I just don't. So this is what's going to happen, okay? From 7 to 7.30, there's going to be pizzas, and then we're all going to be in here having an amazing time getting vision from God about where we're going forward, okay? But if you want to have a free dinner and fellowship together, then come at 7 o'clock. If you come at 7.25, you're going to have to eat really, really fast, okay? If you come at 7.35, there will be no pizzas, okay? Do you understand? And I would love for us, or everyone who's involved in making church happen, the 700 or something of us, why don't we all turn up at 7 o'clock and hang out? And there's free food. Is that, is that good? Okay. Now, the last thing, and I'm really excited about this. Tonight. Tonight, we have an African service. That is the first time in 30 years we've ever had an African service. Okay, now, you, you get to sense, you know, the Africans, they have a vibe, right? They have, they have a group. I just love the ladies in the choir. Whenever they're on the choir, they just bring something to the atmosphere. Well, they're taking the entire service, and they're doing it African style. Now, I just want to say, if you need a bit of life, <laughs> come along. If you just want to be entertained and support them, come along. It's going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. And, and you know what? God usually turns up. 
you know, and, and you hear and you see. I, actually, I've had the privilege of, of I spoke uh, a couple of months ago at an African meeting um, in Auckland. And you know what? The presence of God in that place and their ability to worship was just, wow. So tonight, if you can come six o'clock, it'll be fun. It'll be enjoyable. That's what I'm sure heaven's going to be a lot like that. And you don't have to dance. You won't have to dance. Who's excited about that? Yeah, okay, so tonight. Right, now I want you to stand to your feet. Okay, I want you to all stand to your feet. And I want you to, come on, everyone. Right at the back, I can still see some people sitting. Okay, close your eyes because we're going to pray. Father, I just thank you that you are in this place. God, that you really do want to download something into our hearts this morning. God, we haven't come just to tick off church for the week. God, we've come to hear from you, to be changed by you, to meet with you. Father, and right now we just ask, God, open our ears, Lord, to hear what you are saying. Father, I come against any distractions, God, any, any thinking that's entering our minds that will stop us from hearing from you. God, and we ask for that right now this morning. God, move in this place. God, we thank you that you are here. God, and we really pray like uh, Jody read out this morning. God, let us make some clear habits, God, of seeing your spirit moving in our lives. God, that it's a habit and it's something that is almost normal. God, for all of us, God, to see your spirit moving. God, we thank you that you are here, God, and you're going to move. And everyone said? Okay, why don't you take a seat if you can. Well, just for those who are taking notes, sometimes I like to wait a while, but I just want to start with saying and being really clear, where I'm heading this morning is I want to discuss the thought of a power crisis and a power crisis that I feel we are facing as a nation. So church, I want to say that we are living in an unprecedented time in history. Tolerance, diversity, relevance, they're the buzzwords of this century not only in politics or in culture, but now in religious circles. Right. We preach that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. But society and even some churches now want to alter his message to fit our ever-changing culture. Yeah. Now, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, just sent out an email recently, and I want to read parts of it to you. This is, this is from his email. I want to warn Christians about the sweeping impact that godless secularism is having on our nation, our children and our grandchildren. We can stick our heads in the sand and pretend these forces of evil are dormant, but I cannot stand idle by, uh, idly by and watch them push their anti-God, anti-family values. He goes on to say, the U.S. House of Representatives recently voted in favor of what House leaders called the Equity, uh, yep, equity Bill. Equity Act, a bill that represents an invasion, invasive threat to religious liberty in America. He said that the act, if it became law, would force people in America to affirm homosexuality, same-sex marriages, and transgenderism, or listen to this, or be punished, even if they had religious objections. Where's our world heading? But church, it doesn't just stop there. You know, I've, yesterday I came back from youth camp, and man, God moved in that place, and it was fantastic seeing 220 young people there, and God just moving. Honestly, our youth leaders, Sam and Leash, 
the team, they, they just did such a great job of setting the atmosphere for God to move. And the whole thought of uprising, because, man, we need an uprising. We need an uprising in our nation. And do you know why we need it? Suicide, depression, hopelessness, those are massive issues in our nation. But listen to this in our young people. Suicide is now the leading cause of death in our teenagers. It causes more deaths than cancer and car accidents combined. You know, we need to bring hope to our nation. We really need to bring hope to our nation. They need to know that Jesus brings lasting hope. Our youth suicide rates, 25 years and under, is the second worst in the developed world. But the teenage rates, 15 to 19, is the worst. It is so high that it actually raises the global average. That's in New Zealand. I want to show you this graph so you can picture, like I mentioned from Franklin Graham, we, we can't keep putting our heads in the sand any longer. The rate of 15.6 suicides per 100,000 people is twice as high of that in the U.S., but it's five times that of Britain. You know, UNICEF says the high suicide rates tie in with other data that shows in New Zealand we have high or very high instances of child poverty, teenage pregnancies, and families where neither of the parents have work. Sean Robinson from the Mental Health Foundation says New Zealand also has one of the world's worst records of bullying in school. This is all in New Zealand. What have we got wrong? He explains there is a toxic mix of very high rates of family violence, child abuse, and child poverty that needs to be addressed to tackle the problem. Okay, that's the bad news. But I want to say there's an even bigger problem. And it's not just in New Zealand. I think it's right around the world. The problem is, we're trying to fix a spiritual problem through human effort. We're trying to fix the spiritual issue. We're trying to fight spiritual things through human wisdom and and hard work. It's not going to work. That's my point. That's my first point that we need to get this morning. You can't fix a spiritual problem through human wisdom, through human effort. And church, we need to get the revelation because it's not just about the things I've talked about. It's about the problems that you're facing. That we have this issue, we see something coming up in our lives, and the first thing we do is we go, oh, what will I do? How can I fix this? The Bible's pretty clear in Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. My conclusion is we have a power crisis. We have a power crisis, church. And the problem is, is our society, New Zealand, needs to see and know the reality and the power of Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we have a power crisis. Now, turn to the other one and really mean it, because we actually do. We really have it. Tell them. You know what's scary, church? Is the rest of the world is looking down on New Zealand, and they're seeing it now. They're seeing the hard spiritual condition of New Zealand, a nation that used to be God's own, 
And now they're looking down and going, what is going on? This is our nation. This is our nation, and they're seeing it. Craig Groeschel, the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in the world right now, just commented just during this week. He said, New Zealand is such a difficult nation to reach. He said, a church of a hundred in New Zealand is like a church of a thousand in America, which he's basically trying to say, it's 10 times harder to see somebody saved and added here in New Zealand than it is in the States right now. Wow. This is our nation. Wow. You know, this is our nation, and, and we've got to look up and go, what is going on? But there's good news. The darker it gets, the brighter the, the brighter the love and light of Jesus Christ can shine. And that is the truth. The darker it gets, the, the brighter our light can shine in the darkness. But here's the problem. We have to shine the light. You know, right across our nation, the burden and hunger for revival is stirring more than ever before. Churches are wanting to get united. Why do they want to get united? Because they're seeing this. They're seeing that we've got an issue and they're knowing that we can't fix it. They're starting to see we can't fix it through our own strength, through human wisdom. We can't do it. And, and you know, church, what's really interesting, and Jody and I weren't here, but this whole thought that God's been stirring in my heart actually really ties into what you heard last Sunday about having an, a workplace anointing. Because the truth is, it's not in here that we need it. It's out there. We don't need the anointing here. Well, we need it to fill us and change us. But more than anything, we need it out there. But that's why we have a power crisis, because it's not out there. Not like the world needs it. Not like our society needs it. You know, the, right now, New Zealand no longer feels that Jesus, the church, is relevant. You know why? Because they're not seeing lives change. They're not seeing the book of Acts happen. New Zealand has a spiritual power crisis. Some could call it an energy crisis or an oil crisis. Sounds a lot like the global warming things. But let me tell you the truth. Climate change, sea levels rising, that is nothing on a spiritual power crisis. Because a spiritual power crisis affects the eternal destiny of millions of people. We, we need to start seeing our young people march across the nation worried about righteousness and godly laws and not worrying about the sea level rising because you know what? Eternity is at stake. And the, people need to see it. Just like the ten virgins in, virgins in Matthew chapter 25, five were wise and had oil, but five were unwise. And that, you know what? They ran out of oil when it was needed. It's needed now more than ever. And if we run out of power, what are we going to do? You know, if you've been following through our soul food the last couple of weeks, we've been reading through the book of Acts. And I love, I just love the book of Acts. But this is what it's about. They waited, the Holy Spirit turned up, and we're going to look at this more and more. But the Holy Spirit turns up, and then communities are changed. Lives are radically turned around. Now, yes, rulers and authorities, they didn't like what was going on. But when the Holy Spirit turned up, radical things happened. And that's what we need to start seeing happen. People being changed by the power and love of Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to make it really clear. 
just so you understand what I'm saying. Jesus is the answer. To all those stats that I talked about, to all the issues in the world, Jesus is the answer. Can, is anyone with me on that? Jesus is the answer. And we have to know that. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and power. Now I just want to share with you a little testimony so you know that God is working and moving. And, and let's be clear, God is moving in this place and we are hearing testimonies and healings. Honestly, every week I'm hearing a story from life groups about lives being changed because people have been praying in their life groups. I'm hearing all the time about people coming up to the altar and people being radically changed. But listen to this testimony because this is what it's about. One morning around four weeks ago, this lady woke up and when she stood on her feet, Pain shot up my foot and leg, and it came from nowhere with no warning. Each day it got worse. We were moving house that weekend, and the following weekend I flew down to Christchurch for New Zealand and beyond. But my leg was so painful, but we had places to go, so I just continued walking on it. I went to the doctor when I got home, and he told me I had a severe case of plantar fasciitis. And basically, there's nothing you can do about it. The pain will just go away by itself somewhere around 12 to 18 months. Now, the pain, it con just continued for two weeks. And then on Thursday night, this lady just felt, I need to get along to Thursday night prayer meeting. She was thinking about it and then realized dinner was all prepared and she had no excuse of not to come. So she came. Let me just tell you, Wednesday night, six to, uh, Thursday night, 6 to 7 in here, make an effort, make a priority because... Because honestly, it changes you and it teaches you how to pray. But anyway, she came along to the Thursday night prayer meeting and she saw Alison there. And Alison came up to her and asked her how her foot was because she'd prayed for her foot the previous Sunday. And she told her it was terrible. On the way out, uh, Alison was talking to Dave and they asked her to come over to her and listen to what they, I just love how this is worded. Dave knew about the pain because he had actually had the condition before. So they both prayed, Alison on one side, Dave bending down, holding her, her ankle. After they prayed, Dave asked, how did it felt? And it was still sore. So he prayed again and asked how it was still sore. Undiscouraged, Dave kept praying. This happened three or four times and she started to feel a little bit embarrassed, as you can, because it just didn't feel any better. But then after about the fourth time, I started to move her around and it seemed freer. So he prayed again, and I got up, and I could walk without limping. I'd limped in, and I walked out. I didn't need any pain relief. That night, the next day, it was completely better. That's our healing power of God. But it doesn't stop there, because this is why I love the testimony. Just last week, a friend came around and visited. She was, she's not a Christian. She's married to an atheist. Her father's an atheist. And her sisters are an atheist, so, I mean, completely away, not even near God. Guess what she's got? Plantar fasciitis. So this lady was able to share what God had done in her life. Asked her, can I pray? She prayed. Now, we don't know whether she's healed or not, but listen to what happens. A few days later, she texts because she just turned on TV, and all of a sudden she turned on TV, and it was on Shine TV. 
and she watched Shine TV and God absolutely spoke to her. And the show just completely touched her. And, and they were texting backwards and forwards saying, God is working your life. God is doing something. See, that is the power getting out there. That is God moving out there. But God is moving church and we need to see it. See, point number two, the power of God is not for the church on Sunday, but for people Monday to Sunday. See, the power is not for here. The power is for us, for people, because God loves people. And we need to see it and know it. It's about out there. You guys are still thinking, what, this is, what is this about? You know, I'm about to get to it. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Now, the message translation puts it a different way. And I think this is really important because you've got to see the power of God is not about, and this is really important, the power of God is not healings and miracles and supernatural breakthroughs. It's that and a whole lot more. This is how the message puts it. God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. It's not saying God's power is about healings and miracles. It's about empowering us to be different to see God's power flowing through us. But here's the point. When Jesus was about to leave in Luke 24, he didn't say, go out and heal people. He said, wait. You're going to see this verse. He said, wait. Wait, so wait here until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. Not to bring healing, but that's part of it but so you live an equipped, empowered life so that we stand out, so that we are different. Acts 1 verse 4 says the same thing. See, God doesn't want to just move. He wants to guide, add, and aid, and empower. See, the thing is, it's not, oh, God, I want to see miracles happen through my life. No, God, I want to see youth flowing through my life. And this is where it all comes together. See, Jody and I were talking about this message, and, and this is the thing. And this is what you really got to see. You and I are basically just an extension cable. Extension cable by itself is pretty useless. You can't even use it to pull anything, tow anything. Maybe you could tie something. But by itself, it actually does nothing. And, and what I get, and, and this is what I get a sense of, is that we've got the power source. We've got the Holy Spirit. And a lot of us are, are plugged in, and, and we're like this, and we go out into the world like this. But there's a problem. We, we, we look like we are all got it, but we haven't turned on the switch. See, we're no good. An extension cable is no good if there's no power flowing through it. And we can't bring the love and hope and reality of Jesus Christ to our world if we don't have it flowing through our life. Because that is the point. We need Jesus flowing through our life. And when we get that, it happens. Now, don't get me wrong. We can do a lot of stuff in our own effort. And this is where I want you to really see. See, I've got a bread knife here. And the truth is, I'm pretty useless with it. But, you know, if I... If I if this was being a Christian, I can cut this bread. You know, like I, I can cut it. Do you, you understand? We can live the Christian life. It's not impossible. It's difficult. It's harder. We can do it. 
Now, it's fresh bread, so it's pretty easy to cut. <laughs> but what you've got to see is we, we can live the Christian life, just we're not effective. Or we, we're not doing what God's called us to do. But when we turn the power on, there's a big difference, isn't there? Do, do, you, see, do you see what I'm talking about? And, and I'm preaching to myself here just as anyone else. My, my question is, are we, are we looking like it? Or do we actually have the power on and there's hope and reality flowing through our lives? Uh, see, if you can get the picture that we're extension cables and our role is to transfer the power, to let it flow through us, then we will bring the power that our world needs. And you know, we don't have to feel burdened like, oh man, I've got this responsibility. No, you just have to be an extension cable and do what you're called to do, which is let it flow. And when you're letting it flow, things change. Things radically change. And that is, that is the key. We just have to let it flow. We just have to let it run through. We've got to keep the power there. Point number four is God is not working for us. He's working through us. If you can get it, God is just working through us. Now, I want the band to come back because the truth is, this is about us getting a revelation and then allowing God to move. I heard a very interesting story, and it was here on a Sunday. I'm not going to give much more details because I don't want anyone to think it was then. I was talking to a lady who was new to church, and she came from a certain business. And, and I said, oh, do you know this person? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. And I said, oh, do you know he comes to church? And her eyes like, almost popped out of her head. He's a Christian? Yeah. I said, oh, well, does he know you go to church? No. You know what that is? That is us simply just being an extension cable. Now, it doesn't mean we need to go to work tomorrow with a big sign across the head, I'm a Christian. Okay, we don't need to do that. But the Bible talks about God empowering and enabling so that we can bring hope when opportunities arise and we can bring change and power. And if we've connected with God, when the opportunity comes, things will happen. And we need to bring that hope. We need to bring that reality. And all you have to do is turn the power on. You just have to be connected. Church New Zealand needs us. New Zealand needs all of us to have the power on. We need to get connected. We need to let it flow. And God will do the rest. God will do the rest. Switch the power on. Now right now, I want us to stand to our feet because... The point is, we need hope to rise. And the thing is, you can't do anything, but God through you can do everything. God through you can do everything. So I want us to sing that song, Let Hope Rise. And the point is, New Zealand needs the power to be flowing through us because there needs to be hope in our community. So let's just start singing and let the Holy Ghost just dawn, just come and give you, God, I need to see that power flowing more and more in my life. So let's just sing it out and just release it.